Hello and welcome to this episode of Foxes Never Quit Talking. Today I am joined by Madlock. Hello. And there's just going to be a slight difference to the way we do this this week. Uh, we're going to experiment with doing multiple short episodes or releasing that way. We're still going to record it in one big splat, but we're going to try and put out the match reviews on Tuesday, kind of other bit news where we talk about things that aren't actually on pitch on Wednesday. You can guess what we're going to talk about there, I'm sure. And then on Thursday, put out the match reviews. Um, we might reorder that if we've got, say, a Wednesday match or a Tuesday match. Um, but we're going to try that. So right now you're going to get reviews of the Stockport game and the Chelsea game that we played last week. Tomorrow you're going to get you know the, the, the news updates and we're going to review Man or we'll preview even Man United and Brighton on Thursday and hopefully they'll all sit in like the 20 minute half hour mark so it's not like a big two hour recording. So let's get going and talk about our League Cup second round match away at Stockport. Did you get to watch this one? I didn't know. I um, I listened to it on the radio as per usual, and I would be lying if I didn't get distracted with other things. Um, lots of you know attacking forward. Obviously, it was our second string team. Just didn't happen. But I'm not overly surprised. A lot of these players haven't played in any competitive matches since what May, if that. Yep. So kind of to be expected. Went to penalties. The only thing I can really say that was remarkable was Iverson. Really came out looking really good, especially after they had a bit of a shaky preseason. Yeah, it was good to see that our number two is still very solid. With you know, so yeah, he he was really good. I mean, his stops were really something. And playing as a yeah. playing as a goalkeeper in a five aside, I mean, it's not the same, but you do appreciate that penalties are quite intimidating stuff. You know what? I always enjoyed penalties when I played in goal because it was that one situation where the I, you can't fail as it were like if the other team score that's not because you've failed that's just what's expected to happen yes I, I I I always hate it because I I personally as a keeper every time I get fingers on the ball I it drives me crazy oh yeah I, I always feel like if I was an inch further to the right or left or whatever I would have gotten that and I actually find it more irritating than something that's flown way past me without any sort of contact but I find with penalties I always manage to I'm good at calling it, but I always just seem to, especially on the five-a-side goal, they're particularly wide, aren't they? And it's just like, ah, oh, yeah. I've got fingers to it, but I couldn't stop it. Yeah, um, the the Stockport keeper must have been kicking himself over Barnes's penalty. She got a good, solid hand to and directed the ball upwards into the top of the goal. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> though, it's just power, isn't it? I mean, if you, if you as a keeper as well, you just sometimes you get the ball. My left thumb still hurts from a powerful ball that unfortunately went in uh it's oh, yeah, you're only human if yeah, you're gonna it, save yeah. the shot if you're gonna hurt yourself saving it it needs to at least stay out my least favorite ever save was the one where they kicked it straight into my um straight into my meat and two veg oh. and the worst bit is they scored from the follow-up yeah if, no if I, I've, I've not had that but... if i've managed to fall on the ball and keep it out <laughs> it would have been worth it. Um, yeah, uh, Iverson did have a really good time in that penalty shootout, especially. I was particularly impressed. The, their fourth penalty, their last penalty, was put hard towards the corner, and Iverson managed to get down and save it. Really impressive. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, brilliant saves. Um, yeah, and I can't really was, add more to it. <laughs> it was nice to see, you know, Thomas, Vestergaard, Soyanchu, Mendy, who we haven't seen a lot of this season. You know how get some good um, game time as well as Ian Nacho. Ian Nacho got played as a right wing, which I I I had says I think I said on the sub would it be interesting. He's left footed and he's attacker and he's a bit surplus down the middle. I mean it's it it could end up being an option on the right and even you know well we'll talk about other matches in the, in the other episode, but it does seem like a position we're now toying with. And Ian Nacho yeah. looked like he was a candidate during that match. Yeah, you may even have said it on last week's recording, um, but if you did, because I'm, I'm fairly sure I remember cutting a bit out where you might have said that. 
Of course, my <laughs> pearl of wisdom completely shot to the I, I side. Think it was kind of one of those things where we wandered a bit off topic. Um, Stockport, what? They... Moi? I would never do such a thing. <laughs> Stockport acquitted themselves quite well, I think. You know, they played a very defensive 5 4 1, which is the sensible thing under the options. I think they were playing for penalties or for a counter attacking goal. And for keeping us out, they defended with a lot of discipline. And made themselves very hard to break down. And honestly, I don't think we were giving it 100% to try and break them down. I think there was a bit of, if it goes to penalties and we go out, it's not the worst thing in the world, maybe, from some of the players. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe. I had that feeling and was projecting it onto the players. I do I do think it was an interesting mix. Um, you know, things like that. It's obviously Ian Archer on the right wing. I was, it was very interesting to see that. Um, some of the clips, he did seem pretty good. He, he's very good at creating chances, which has made me think he would be an interesting sort of inside forward on the right. Potentially, I've said, obviously, it's one thing to say out of one match against Stockport. It's another to say that in other matches. Um, but yeah, and then Soyuncu should look good. You know, from someone who, you know, is supposedly lacking appetite, he looked good. Um, Pratt... Pratt's work weight was very clear there. Um, the only other thing that I thought was interesting from the match of note uh, was Tielemann's got the captain's ba- uh, uh, armband at one point, if I remember rightly. I think all Brighton had it, and he got subbed off, and Tielemann's got handed it. Yeah, um, well, I think Tielemann's has often got the captain's armband in the absence of any of the other captains, hasn't he? He has. I know he's part of the leadership group, but given he's on the way out, I mean, we talk about, you know, dressing room sort of issues, potentially. I mean, that that for me is a bit of a mixed message of, uh, well, he's out and he's kind of sitting out games with Madison's well. And now, you know, now he's getting the captain's band, uh, uh, you know, armband and then he's obviously, you know, starting the next match again, only because Madison is out. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just an interesting observation. In the end, not a huge amount to say about that. You can, if you go to the official website, lcfc.com, find an extended highlights package, which uh, I want to say is worth the watch, but it wasn't a particularly interesting match. I only watched it, so I had notes to put in here about it. Um, we made it through in the end on penalties, quite convincing penalty shootout, and we did dominate the game. And next match in the Carabao Cup will be Newport County at home. Um, that match will be on the 8th or 9th of November in the evening. They haven't scheduled it yet. But as we get close to the time, I am quite sure we'll remind you about it. Yes, Newport County um, definitely been one of, we were definitely one of the, the banana slips back in the Puel era um, that we hit. Uh, and they beat us mostly because Old Brighton decided that his uh, left arm was part of his body and jumped during a free kick if i remember rightly and gave away the penalty and then obviously they uh, ran away with it but yeah it's um yeah hopefully it was not a repeat of that i know a lot of people thought we should just walk stockport but when you got these teams they can and they will dig deep and they mm-hmm. have a sort of grit about them that maybe you don't get from sort of top you know division you know premier league maybe even championship sides but yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. Yeah, I mean they're sitting what sixteenth in League Two right now, so I don't know. Don't know it's how early in the season. I in terms of position, it's always. I mean, even reflecting on us, I wouldn't take a position after four weeks or stuff. But usually, Christmas is when you kind of start breaking the men from yeah, the boys. Yeah. That is fair, but yeah, they're in League Two at the moment. They're not running away at the top. They're kind of. I think sixteenth is comes what well, you'd say mid table in League Two, but yeah, then that's where they are. Anyway, let's move on to the Chelsea game. Uh which was on Saturday. So there were a couple of things just to say before the game. One is that Vafana missed the game because you know he wasn't committed to the club as much as Rogers would like. Let's say that for now. We'll talk about it later. Madison had a twinge in training, so he was also left out of the squad. And uh, the last thing is that we announced our black away kit, which has some nice, attractive mint trimmings, I thought. We did seem to mess it up and put it on up for sale on the website. We also got to see it in action. Uh, what did you think of the kit? Let's start with the important points. I, I actually thought it looked quite smart. 
Yeah, no, I I, I like it enough. I, I've not been a big fan of the third kit and the home kit. Um, it's growing on me, but I find this every year with the home kit it always grows on me. But to the point, yeah, no, the the black kit. I've always liked the black kit. Um, I still long for the black kit with a blue stripe on it back from our alliance oh, yeah, in the rest of the days. I think that was from the early. I want to say it was post Martin O'Neill. It, so it was, was a bit yeah, after yeah. Martin O'Neill, but but it was before King Power. It was uh, also over. a throwback because that's what we wore. The black with the blue stripe was what we wore back when we were Leicester Foss. Yes, I I thought so. yeah, it was it was very nice. But yeah, no, the, the, the mint trim I actually quite like the mint kit last season. It felt like they just said invert that, but actually <laughs> yeah. it looks nice. I quite um, like the there's kind of some patterning around the color, which I quite like. I would say with away kits, I always find my opinion on them is judged a lot on what our results were like in them. Yes, so, I mean suddenly I remember, maroon is one of my favorite colors. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people were skeptical about that, but we had some great results in the maroon kit, and now we love it. Um. You know, anyway, yeah. <laughs> on to the actual match itself. We played a four-three-three. Uh, Sumare came onto the team. That was, I think, a significant change. And Pratt also came into the cha- into the team. Uh, so we kind of went into the game, I felt, as our general game plan, we, I, we, I felt that we were kind of trying to counter-attack it and exploit Chelsea's high line. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think we definitely went in there sitting deep. I think Rogers now doesn't sort of. He's not. I think he is quite pragmatic, regardless of how you feel about him at the minute. He is just quite pragmatic, and he tries to change the game to the team. Chelsea, after um, a spate of defeats, uh, particularly against Leeds, and then whilst it wasn't a defeat, the draw against Spurs. Um, Chelsea yeah. could be in the throes of the worst days of their lives and somehow still turn up against Spurs. Um, uh, yeah, my, my partner can corroborate that. But yeah, so after a spate of a couple of games, I actually came in thinking they were going to be frothy at the mouth, wanting results. You know, people start probably in the Chelsea side. They're very vicious, you know, and... As I said about Fafana, if he has a bad game, he will very much warm up the bench, and they do not care if he's the most expensive defender in the world. It's you either produce results or you're not on the team, and unless you're Mason Mount, apparently. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, yeah, they they really came in hard. I think they really were organised. They moved us around a lot, but we seemed a little more disciplined, at least at the beginning. Um, yeah. I yeah. thought we seemed more comfortable being a bit counter-attacky and less slow build-up-y. Or maybe that's just a more attractive thing and I read as more comfortable, but... I do I think, think instinctively as a team, we still prefer that. Some of our best games have been counter-attacking. Um, the Man City oh, game yeah. from a couple seasons ago comes to mind. You know, and it isn't Most of 2015-16 comes to mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, obviously it's in the song, right? Yeah, but yeah, fifty to sixteen, obviously counterattacking. We we brought it back after a lot of people were. Yeah, but I'm glad that it's it's definitely a strong uh, it's a strong asset in our wheelhouse. But yeah, I, it'll be yeah. It it was it, we looked a lot more comfortable. To be honest, in the whole game, we looked really comfortable. Even even when we went down, not to jump ahead too much, but even when we went down, we we seemed really well organized. Yeah, it was just I I think it was just one of those games. Um, yeah, should, should yeah. we go over some of the like the key incidents of the game? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, there was there was quite a lot of these, so it's just mm. like a couple of couple of moments on each of them. So, so thirteen minutes in, Tielemans has a tangle in the box. Referee calls a penalty on it. My instinct is that it probably wasn't a foul, and that's also what I seem to remember the commentators saying. Uh, it, it it was it was a weird one, is um, at least how it was uh, produced on BBC Radio Leicester. It, it looked like a bit of a weird one, really. I it was just I don't know. Tielemans needs to stop making tackles in the box. I think he produced half our penalties last season yeah, by doing did, yeah. similarly clumsy things. He's he's robust in his tackles, which is great in the midfield. But I think when he comes too deep, which he did there. Yeah. It was just, but it just felt a bit fumbly, and yeah, like I said, um, weirdly, it came down to it being offside, which I think surprised even the commentators, who obviously had yeah, a lot of I haven't, 
I had a moment when I saw the pass of thinking that was that maybe offside, but when I looked at it actually on the VAR thing, I thought I don't I don't think VAR have got the offside right. Um, I have been quite critical on various forums about how VAR judges offsides. I don't think that they all that it always gets it right, despite them saying that it does. And given that my profession is in like computers, I know mo- much better than to just trust well the computer says it is. Um, Absolutely. Um, I'll be not to go off topic, but yeah, the World Cup they're they're looking to do it so they have a sensor in the boots to know when the ball's left the boot to then know when to look at the offside. Mm. That's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But that's a whole conversation for a whole another day that we'll probably yeah. save for for the December. But yeah, VAR came in. It was just a bit fumbly. I, I kind of it was a bit of a face palm moment from myself. But like I said, then they said it was offside and. It, it was a bit of a mulligan yeah. that could have really set the tone for the rest of the yeah. game. It was it would um, have been a headache. I think two wrong decisions that got to the right outcome in a strange way. Absolutely. Um, and if I was a Premier League manager, I would definitely be getting sanctioned for saying that. <laughs> and then Gallagher gets a yellow card for a challenge on Dewsbury Hall. It was a soft yellow, I think, but a correct one. Yeah, Tierney, I think he was the ref, he was really, he seemed to be very card happy, particularly the first half. It was quite physical though. One thing I did like is that we showed a lot of fight, we showed yeah. a lot of aggression, and that prevalated for the whole, that was pre- rather prevalent for the whole match. And Yeah, and like I said, I think they responded in kind, and I think Gallagher unfortunately showed a bit more of a green side with, with that tackle, and then obviously the second yellow which yeah. he, and when you, if you watch the highlights or if you watch the game live, you could see playing in his face. He knew that he had, he knew, he had messed up. He knew straight away. It was one of those ones that I've seen some people say from like certain angles, it looks like it could be a red card. I do see the point that his front foot is quite high, but I, I think his front foot is a good distance from Barnes. It wasn't really a red card challenge if you look at it. No, it was, I think that would have been harsh. It was a yellow. It was a oh, yellow, definitely. but it wasn't. It wasn't a full-on red. I mean, maybe an orange. If you would, <laughs> so I talked to a, I work, I play with a person who's a ref on the weekends, particularly for women's football in East Midlands, and yeah, he says you know sometimes you get these sort of you know quote orange cards and uh, yeah, yeah, not quite a red, not quite a yellow. Yeah, it's one of those ones because it was it was one of those fouls where Barnes was breaking away, and I think he had Vardy ahead of him, and you look at the situation, and go, oh no, if Barnes gets through. They, yeah. they're going to have a really good scoring opportunity and your instinct just goes right, take him down, got to do think... anything. I don't think he intended to foul Barnes. No, I think he mistimed it and to be honest, yeah. I think even Tuchel wouldn't be too angry, obviously given the result as well, spoiler alert, but you know, he. <laughs> but still um, in all seriousness, yeah, I don't think he would have been too critical. It was one of those um, necessary evils because I think, yeah, Barnes had broken through and released Vardy I um, think, yeah. yeah, that would have possibly been the first goal, and that could have again changed the tempo of the game quite a bit. So, I think in that's in it in in that self did deserve the yellow card. It wasn't quite a last man foul, but there was a lot of things that culminated oh, to right. it being quite a solid yellow. I think I saw a, a thing, an interesting thing about when is it worth it to take that red card? Um, because if you do it, like if you think about it, it's like the 90th minute of the match, you take that red card, right. Yeah, yeah. Someone Sometimes you've stats. done it. Yeah. Someone did the stats and worked out that any time, like sixty fifth to seventieth minute, somewhere around there, is where it switches over to. That's the time when you start just making that last man foul to prevent the goal, and it's worth yeah, taking the red card. Which I found a bit interesting. I am. Um... I've made similar decisions as a goalkeeper, having come out, and um, sometimes you just take out the man, um, and yeah, you take the yellow, um, because you know if it's one-on-one, they're probably going to have it over you. It's also risky, though, because if they chip it, then you also look like a, an arsehole, but yeah, my first yellow card was uh, coming out and effectively just taking out the man. Don't yeah. do that at home, kids. I would not recommend that as a general thing. I got a bit of a wag of the finger from a few people on that one. My first ever yellow card was, in fact, playing rugby and it was for tackling a player who did not, in fact, have the ball. I bought a dummy really hard. (laughs) Oh, really? All right. (laughs) Yeah. So bad. Um, Moving on from that, 
a few minutes later after that even yeah yeah about minutes five later minutes after yeah. that we have a corner we're not bad mm. at corners this year i mean we have we've only scored one from a corner but we've only conceded one from a corner as well but given this... what it's been like last season and the fact that oh, chelsea right. i think at the beginning had what five six penalties overall in the whole match maybe four of them in the first half um yeah i yeah yeah, it's, it's interesting. We have definitely progressed, but sorry. I, I kind of think it says a lot about how bad our corners were last year that you just said penalties instead of corners. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> at, some point, slip that, yeah. at some point, I tried to work out from our stats last year if our, penalty, if our corners were as bad as giving away a penalty. I do think Schmeichel saved more penalties than he made claims. Oh, yeah. I, I'd be willing to put money on that. I don't actually have the numbers in front of me, but if someone out there is a bit of a number cruncher, I'd be curious if you were to do claims from a or you know basically making a ball dead from a corner versus penalties. I reckon that Schmeichel is definitely better at penalties. If I remember right, I think last year we conceded at like twenty percent of our corners, which made each corner about one quarter of a penalty because you score from about eighty percent of your penalties. Yeah, so I, I think typically from from corners, one in seven go in on average for a team Yeah, in, in the Premier League. And for us, we were going in about one in five, maybe almost far bad as one in four. But obviously one in five, it's 20%. But I think it's one in four, one in five Yeah, we were letting in. So we're almost doubling the chance of a goal from a corner. But we're clearly um, trying to distract ourselves from the pain of what happened, which was we saw Harvey Barnes... Yes. Rise above the goalkeeper majestically, beautifully, head the ball down onto the post. Oh no! Then Sumare gets in, bundles it in, and then the referee blows and says, "Nope, there was a foul there." I this is for me, even as a person who plays as keeper. Um, I it, 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 it is too much defending of keepers. I, I, I the, the 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 biggest one for me, and this is we're going back now is. Ederson basically just knocking Ian Archer's lights out and he didn't get anything for it. I know they both went for the ball, but I mean, he punched him square in yeah. the head. And, I did, and then, like, and to be honest, just to be fair, um, Schmeichel has uh, used it to his advantage. I mean, that I think we were playing, I want to say it was Brentford, but I can't remember. We were playing them, uh, them or Newcastle, or whatever, and the, he put a hand on the ball. Yes. That's all he did, and then they booted it in. I mean, I was like, oh, that's a goal. I would have been very angry if that had been the other way around. See, with the hand on the ball, that's very much in the rules that if a goalkeeper has a hand on the ball, you're not allowed to touch it. Yeah, no, I know uh, that's... So... I do agree with that, but it does feel like keepers are a little bit too defended. I think that... I don't think Barnes did anything to interfere with Mendy. I think it rubbing is racing in this one. I don't think <laughs> there was anything wrong in what happened there. I, I have the feeling that it probably was, strictly speaking, a foul, but it's the sort of thing you see happen a lot in the penalty box around a corner and not given. Yes. Um, it's all yes. kinds of hugging and climbing each other to jump on each other. And last year, it was just it was so annoying. You just have two players standing on Schmeichel, pretty much. I'm sure, I'm sure that's why he moaned at the ref after every single goal, because he felt he was being fouled. It's one of those ones where I think if the referee gives it, you kind of have to accept that there was a foul there, because he did have two arms around Mendy, to be fair. I think one of my favourite comments of it was Barnes. You could at least buy him dinner first. Uh, I know, Barnes is a good-looking chap. But no, I um, I take your point. <laughs> I do take <laughs> your point, I, I, um, <laughs> But no, um, no, on all seriousness, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought... It's not in the spirit of it, but yes, by letter of the law, they were right. I just, I don't know. It's one of those things. I, I've, I've had, I feel like we've had people do worse to Schmeichel and the goal still been given. But then, to be fair, yeah. he's he's also managed to argue some very interesting ones. Um, inter he, his favorite was a uh, interference, wasn't it? When there was a player too close to him, he was very good at calling that and getting those goals, uh, goals, goals, goals chalked off. Um, there was the one against Man City where Guerrero basically was stood next to him and he decided that that was interference. Well, if it was, I don't know, but it was a, yeah, very much, again, a letter of the law thing. And I, it, like I said, the, I think the rules are very much defend keepers mm -hmm. quite a lot. So we get into half time. Mm. 
And I think at that first half, it felt really in the balance to me, right? Because yeah. once Gala got, got sent off, it kind of had this funny thing where I think Chelsea started sitting back a bit more and they started looking to pull us onto them and so they could counterattack. So we had two teams where the game plan was go on, have a go at us, we'll counterattack you. Yeah, definitely. In the first half, we were so like Chelsea liked to play through the channels, and I think where we looked good and well drilled was that we were blocking that Dewsbury Hall and Tielemans and um, uh, you yeah, know right. Samari were really um, really blocked those channels, and we really managed to kind of hold them at bay. Obviously, they still made opportunities and stuff, but we maybe basically forced them to go out wide. Yeah, um, I mean, we made opportunities yeah. as well, right? Uh, Absolutely. I think there was we haven't mentioned, but Vardy managed to. Put a golden chance to put us one nil up just before the break, just wide of the post. Yes, and it was yeah, one of those ones yeah. where until I saw it hit the advertising boards, I thought it had gone in. But just after the break, Sterling scores for Chelsea. It was yes. so yeah. early after the break, in fact, that um, that th- there were still people coming back from their seats from the, from the stands. They came back and found that they'd missed a goal. Yeah, it, it was very much a, a sucker punch of a goal. Um, it really was. It, I, it, it was frustrating. I, I found that really frustrating. It it took a bit of a deflection off Amate, and I know I've kind of ragged on Amate, but that's actually not his fault. It was just, it was just one of those things, wasn't it? I, I, yeah, I just grumble, and it was just frustrating. It's like how had that happen? Um, I do feel as a general thing, though, um, we as a team, and this is going back years now we seem to be bad at pressing when they're just outside the box i think i don't know if it's a reliance on Ndidi. i don't know if it's a mentality thing i don't know if people don't want to accidentally create the space in behind them um but we don't seem to sort of think i remember you know i was at one match against burnley and i think schmeichel regularly was yelling at chilwell to you know i know he doesn't play for us anymore but he was telling you know telling the regularly to to press and you can see that our back line very much Evans marshals them to stay in a stat, the sort of static line, but no one really comes out of that line to go forward either. And that ultimately was what you could argue the toss. Maybe he went in, but if he did that and then they went in behind him, he'd also look bad. But yeah, yeah, it's just one of those ones, wasn't it? It's one of those ones where he kind of arguably has to go in and trust that someone's come across to cover the space behind him. Um, but I don't know. I don't know the game plan. Was he if he was coached to do that or not? It was definitely good movement. Match of the day pointed this out. The way um, Sterling kind of dummied his run one, one way to pull Amati to kind of track him, and then when he realised that Amati was covering the space he was running into, now he changed where he was going and forced Amati to kind of stop and turn round, and that's yeah. why he found the space because. Simply put, he could force Amati to have to like turn around and change direction faster than Amati really could. Yeah, Amati is not particularly quick or dynamic. I think in, in the Forest match last year, just to bring up you know good memories, um, he he really got turned around a lot by um, their striker whose name ab- uh, abandons me at the minute. But yeah, he you know Amati is not good. He, he in that re- when he has to be quite nimble, he's very much. An old school, I would almost say, no nonsense kind of defender, yeah. instead of more of a modern defender, if that makes sense. I just remember last week there were moments though when he'd kind of step up out of the out of the defensive line into kind of the defensive midfield position, just cut something out. Yeah, he seemed nice to play path. with a bit more freedom. Yeah, and he's he's a lot. Um, He's a, it's, it's the moments when he does that that you can tell, oh, he's actually a defensive midfielder being made to play centre-back. Well, he also played right-back. He's just a bit of a weird utility player that's been hanging around since the winning season. Yeah. Um, so if we move on from, from that goal, yeah. I think we've said a bit about it. I mean, the shot was deflected. And Marty did try and block it, but it, it... And Ward, I think, just about got fingers on it. It's hard. I mean, the speeds and the distance you're talking about Ward would have been trying to save the original shot and then yeah. would only then reacted to the Had deflection to... when he could. So And it kind of was looped over him. I think it dropped right underneath the crossbar and right by the furthest. Post yeah, it, it was like top it was... bins in the right 
top right corner, all of that sort of thing. It's, it, was, yeah, it was really what, frustrating. It's <laughs> one of those ones where you see it loop like that. You just have to think, I hope that's going wide or over. Um, yeah, but... it did feel more perspective from Chelsea. I think Chelsea should really consider themselves lucky on that one. It was just a comedy of errors, wasn't it? And Well, I think um... it was a, a bit of an error from Amati. Yes, and maybe I mean, a bit yeah. of an error from whoever would have been covering space or whoever should have given Amati the call to like step up and cover the space to allow him to. Yeah. And then a very unfortunate tip. I'm not sure I it wasn't like the worst goal to give away. No. Uh unf- as bad as that. I mean it's a bad time to give away a goal. Yeah, for me, it's probably the timings. I do wonder as a different thought, and this is something maybe just to mull over, I don't really have an answer, but I do feel like with Evans now as captain, we don't have that much freedom in the defensive back line. It's very, very, it's organized, but it's very almost static, if that makes sense. It's very much a line, and he very much is good at marshalling that line, and people don't yeah. go out of it one way or another. Where Evans is, is, Evans very much dictates it. And I'm not discrediting Evans as a brilliant defender, but I do wonder if maybe he's a bit too much of a hard-ass, and maybe it's now dissuading some of the flair that you would get from like a Suyunshu or something that would you know, just use their own creativity to, to, to take down potential situations. I want to say maybe, but I also want to say Amati's not the player to be looking for for that. No, I, I no, he's probably not. I mean, early in the season, we had Fafana alongside him. We saw Fafana picking up the ball and roaming like right up to the edge of the opponent's penalty area. I think it might just be depending on who's there. Um, anyway, if we move on from that goal, we brought on Perez and Iannaccio for Pratt and Sumare. It, I'm sure we must have changed shape here because Sumare was kind of playing defensive mid and we kind of neither Perez, the Nacho or a defensive midfielder. It's very much an attacking set of changes there. It did. I don't know if we were doing another... It didn't It didn't come off as a diamond because we didn't go like three at the back, but it, yeah, it was a weird one. Maybe it was a diamond with two in, you know, like two I, pivots, I thinking, but I don't know. Did we, did, was it possibly we end up as a 4-2-3-1 then with... Maybe I, I can't. Well, like Ianatro in behind as like a supporting striker. So he did. Like, or... Ianatro was quite central, wasn't he? Yeah, and then Perez out on the right wing, I think. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah I mean, he always strikers there. Yeah, I think with Perez, and this is partially, you know, without jumping around, he, he, this is possibly why he's looking to potentially move on. Yeah, I mean, he always seems to gravitate towards the centre, anyways. But it's kind um... of for all that we've talked about the Chelsea goal. We had a lot of possession in this period. We really kind of were hammering on the door for a long time here. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and I think we were a bit unlucky to for Chelsea. They kind of, about 63 minutes now we're talking, they attacked down the right flank. Uh, their kind of interplay on that right, right wing leaves James Justin kind of a bit in no man's land, I think and Evans doesn't come across quickly enough, and then Castagna has lost Sterling, who's made another very good run, in fairness to him, at the back post, and Chelsea end up 2-0 up. Yes, just uh, just way too much space. We got moved around well well, well for Chelsea poorly by us. We, we just It just felt really naive, and yeah, again, something that was very... That could have been dealt with quite easily had we just sort of locked out. This kind of goes down to the pressures and stuff. I think the key part of Rogers' ball, you know, with his tactics is, is that kind of always pressing. And I do feel that's been lacking in our season so far. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot better this one. I think there was a lot of tackles. I think Tiedemans alone had six tackles. You know, so it was very, you know, it wasn't that there wasn't that element to into the game. But yeah, I... Yeah, it's just silly stuff. Castagna was left alone with Sterling, who was their biggest goal threat, um, obviously in retrospect, and obviously just during the game, he was their key focal point. Um, yeah, just left on his own, and I think that's where we got we got drawn to the to the left hand of our pitch, and Sterling just kind of had acres of space on, you know, down that side, down our right, down their left. So, so I, yeah, I don't know. 
I'll tell you, stats bomb says Telemans had five tackles that match. Oh, um, five, yeah, five six. What's the difference? Potato, potato. Uh, Still quite a lot, apparently. Yeah. But you know that that was those two were the highest number of tackles on the pitch, right? Telemans and Pratt. Yes, I think so, Pratt. Without going too far after beating Pratt, Pratt, he was really industrious down that right side. He reminded me a bit of an Albrighton, but. He came in a bit more. I think Albrighton obviously holds onto the line, but yeah, Pratt. You know, I know he didn't get quite high ratings on rating sites and stuff, but actually, I thought he was quite industrious. Didn't produce anything, but again, hasn't played that much in the last few months. You know, definitely in the UK. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it was an unfortunate goal to give. It's one of those ones of I saw Sterling has found space. And part of me was thinking, you've got an extra man. How are we leaving any of their players with space? But it was one of those ones of they, they know how, and Sterling is sort of one of those players whose just ability to find space is really good. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason he's he's so good for England and he's pretty much undroppable on that wing for England. Yeah. You know, he, he, he is a talent. Um, I think it's amazing that Man City sold him, really. I, I you know... Given the choice, I definitely would have picked Sterling over Graylish, but I'm I'm not Pep Guardiola, and this isn't for Man City. But yeah, it's just interesting choices being made there. Um, yeah, and with that as well, I think people forget. I mean, you look at Leeds, and obviously Leeds beat them three 0 and I think some people looked at that and like, "Look, come on, Chelsea are falling apart." And this kind of comes to the crux of it, which you said in our discussion before this, and I don't want to give you full credit. It was just. It was just a game of who took their chances. And Leeds, yeah. you know, with Leeds, Chelsea, Chelsea, even with 10 men on the pitch, were pinning Leeds back. They are a very capable side. This, they're a lethal side. I think people go, oh, they were 10 men. We should have just won it or walked it. I think that's a very naive thing. I mean, it, we should have, you know, people kind of wrote off any good news as, oh, well, you should have been doing that against 10 men. But the 10 men in Chelsea... It's a strong team. There's a reason it's a Champions League winning team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, things a few minutes after that, we did get one back and really kind of made it a game again. It was quite an intense last sort of 25 minutes because um, Barnes. Had we played board. like we did for that last 25 minutes for the whole match, we would have won hands down. It was just, we were. Yeah, pinning them back, absolutely was pinning a, them back. It was a really, really lovely attack. You know, Barnes picks up the ball, kind of, you know, where he likes to pick up the ball, kind of around nearish the halfway line, but still in the other yeah. team's half. Bursts forward with space. I think we've just got it off a turnover. Lays it off to Vardy, who just does one of the most gorgeous little dinky passes back to him. Then Barnes takes it. You think he's going to the byline, and he somehow managed to squeeze the shot fast. It was on his left foot, no less. Properly good goal, that a properly good goal. Yeah, and probably really the well best worked. contribution from Vardy in the match because I think after this he had a couple of more chances. There's one I particularly remember where he managed to round the keeper, mm. but he just and, yeah didn't have the control of it. I kind of expected to use one v one with Mendy. And I was expecting him to do that thing where he just kind of slots it underneath the keeper. But instead, yeah, he tried to take it round yeah. the keeper and it got away from him and he didn't have the angle for the shot and it came to nothing. And it was one of those ones of, oh, that could have been the equaliser. Easily, yeah. I, Vardy, I won't say a bad word about him. I've saw, I saw some fans did, to my own surprise. I mean, I wouldn't. But I think he's just in a dry spell at the minute, which is compounding our headaches, you know. He and does the seem difference to have is, those. He always has. I think he has for for ages. You know, we talk about bar like the winning season, but even then, with the winning season, um, let's not even let's ignore the winning season. The season where he got the golden boot, he had a dry patch as well. When yeah, he's on form. He is, but for now, he just seems to be misfiring, and I don't know what it is. But once he does, and once he once he pops, I do reckon we'll be seeing the goals going in. Because we're creating chances, and that was one of the main criticisms. I know there's a lot of talk about Rodgers and stuff, but we were creating chances. We were putting them on the back foot. We were showing a lot of energy. We were tackling. We are starting to do what we used to do. It is 
a step in the right direction. It just didn't land our way this game. And if we yeah. keep doing it without going into the whole man, you know, the, the upcoming games, um, if we keep doing that, we'll get back to ourselves and maybe with a signing or two that will help just give that a boost to, to give the edge as well. But yeah. yeah, given that we created four chances without our key chance creator, Madison, is a massive note I think that most people should really take away. Yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, yeah, we lost the game, but it was definitely the most positive game I think we played this season. Yeah, I think, yeah. Some Go good performances, right? I think Barnes was really good. Uh, Ward made some spectacularly good saves. There was a save just after we went 1-0 down where he sort of did the splits and somehow yes. just managed to get his toe on the ball to knock it onto the post. Absolutely, yeah. Um, he had a good game. Sumare, I thought he was. I thought he had a good game as well, right? I like Sumare. I really do. Yeah. I, I, what I like, and in Diddy is very defensive, and he is a rock in the back. Yeah, but oh. he, going forward, he doesn't have that, and Sumare adds that dimension, and I think he that does, really yeah. helped us. He's yeah. a, sort of like if Mendy and then Diddy had a. Had, were to morph together, you you have Samari. He he's good at those short passes and moving in and out of spaces, and he's got the the size to him as well to also kind of just go shoulder to shoulder with people. Yeah, so, yeah, he shows thing. some good stuff. Yeah, that's Sorry. one thing I liked in his debut season actually, because I was often moaning we we're getting muscled off the ball too easily, and then I think first match I see a um, Sumari play and he picks up the ball and three players have a go at him. He just goes nope, 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 and muscles them off. I was like, yes, this is why this is a good signing. This is the sort of player we need to add some like someone who's not going to get bullied in the midfield. Yeah, and it's nice um, to have someone who will carry the ball that isn't just Tiemann's yeah. or a defender like Fafana. We we often had to rely on just two people carrying the ball up the pitch, and now we've got him and he does yeah. that what twit that leg twelve thing where he kind of sort of I can't I, I don't know what the word for it is for but basically kind of you know will nutmeg someone and kind of twirl around them and then keep going. He's he's very He's got some very good technical ability. He's got a bit of flash to him, doesn't he? he a little a, bit, yeah. Oh, if you're going like really statsy about it, not statsy, but you know, sound, want to sound more like a professional analysis than a fanboy. And to be fair, don't get me wrong, I'm definitely a fanboy. You say he's a lot more progressive than, than Indeedy. Like we made a joke before the Southampton match when I think one of the guests was saying that they predicted Indeedy would score and we joked, hang on, we'd have to kick the ball forward to do that. Yeah. Samara is all about those those passes forward. He looks forward. Yeah, um, I mean one of the stats I, I I think I came across is that he had you know five long balls, you know, he won half of his ground duels, um, you know, it, yeah, he had a couple of tackles himself. Yeah, he, he definitely he looked he looked confident. Um I think if he as soon as he progressed and it sound and it, what this is definitely and I'm a good bit of positive news. He's he's really committed himself now, hasn't he? He sounds like yeah. he's decided to stay, which is the kind of thing at the minute we need. I think there's too many people getting pushed out, wanting out, and I think no matter how good of a man man manager you are, when you've got all of that going on, it is yeah, people getting disappointed because yeah. they're not getting offers, people rejecting offers because they want to fight for their place, even if they're not wanted. It's a it's a test. It's a test for Rogers. Not that it's about Rogers again, but it's going to be a test for him, and it's going to be a test for the club as well. And I think the next few days, as of recording on signings, is going to be a really interesting space. And I just hope it's not knee-jerk signings. I hope it's Pete players that we want or players who will add. Yeah. Hopefully, a few golden nuggets that people didn't see coming. That's our specialty, right? <laughs> yeah. I was just looking at the stats on Samari. Actually, you want to have a guess at what his pass completion was. I'll tell you now, um, it was the second highest on the pit, on our team. Maybe mm, second uh, I don't know, I'm going to say 90%. It was 94%. 94? Right, only three players did better than that. Only Sorry, only two players got better than that. Uh, one was Ben Chilwell, who got subbed on at the last minute, attempted one pass and completed it. The other was Wilfred Ndidi, who got subbed on in like the 90th minute, attempted two passes and completed both of them. So out of everyone who attempted more than three passes or more, he had the highest uh, pass completion. Slightly ahead of Danny Ward, actually, 
Johnny Evans. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's mad, isn't it? That was a uh, yeah. He's put in a good performance. I'm not sure how highly that got recognised. Thirty-three carries. That is pretty decent. Um, yeah, he yeah he he don't you, you can just tell from watching him though you know without getting into all the numbers that he's a good ad and it's not to, okay. it's good to see him Dewsbury Hall just to do a shout out our boy from Shepshed he's he's been really good he's he I like how gritty he got he kind of got a bit of a I thought it was a soft yellow from what I saw but yeah yeah really gritty he but... does get those I think <laughs> he's quite um he's one of those players who gets quite let's say passionate. <laughs> And, and we, I, we love it. I, I want to see it. We love it. I love seeing it, especially because he came into the team at a time when I think we were really lacking players who did that as well. And I think he's inspired it a little bit in the rest of the team to some degree. But the thing is, he will like have a bit of a go at the ref if he doesn't like the call. Um, like yeah, you can no, I do. Yeah. And as someone who referees myself, sometimes you kind of a player does that. And it's not bad enough that you want to book him for it. But it just makes you think in your head that you want to book him. Yeah, I can imagine he did. But I like it. I like that he's I like a bit... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, you know, with a, especially at this sort of time in, in, our, in our club, we need, we need people who are bringing a bit of a fire to it. And I think yeah. him and Vardy... And I, I, do, I do think once... I think once this this transfer window is over, I think that will get reignited, and people who are there yeah. will be driven to you know those who don't want to be will be driven by wanting to be fighting for places and getting a position. As I said before, you know, Suyunshu, even if he was to go on a free, he needs to showcase himself. Um, otherwise, yeah. you know, it's then going to leave questions. So, I think yeah, it'll bring the focus back into the room. And I think that will make Roger's job easy. And I said, said this game was definitely a step in the right direction, even if it wasn't the result we wanted. But yeah, we yeah. had. If you look at a lot of the stats, like we had more possession, we had a better passing accuracy, although admittedly not by much. Um, we had more shots on target, right? Five to their three. We had way more shots in total, which maybe says a bit about you know how we didn't take our chances. We had 17 shots that match to their seven. Um, our XG for this match was about as much as if you add it together for the rest, the other three matches we played. Absolutely, yeah, that's that's definitely massive. That says a uh, lot, right? The but, main... but even then, we're still scoring. I mean, talk about expected goals. We're still scoring. We've got six goals. I mean, that brings us in line with most of the mid-table. The problem is shipping goals as well. <laughs> we were only second behind the likes of Bournemouth, who uh, yeah, uh, added do... to the tradition of clubs getting drubbed 9-0 on the South Coast. <laughs> wasn't a way, though. Just, just for any Liverpool fans who happen to be listening, it wasn't a way, so it wasn't as good as the Southampton 9-0. <laughs> of, of course. Uh, yeah, we are doing... That's... Not a lot of teams have conceded nine goals. Uh, have conceded as many goals as we have. Looks like Crystal Palace and Southampton have conceded yeah, more. Yeah, Palace and Southampton would be the next highest. Like oh, Man United no. actually coming up as well. Sorry, we've conceded ten goals. So yeah, only uh, only Bournemouth, Bournemouth have conceded yeah. more goals than us. Yeah, but we are, like I said, in terms of goals scored, we're definitely also one of the highest. So it, I'm, it, it's positive. Defense is easy and nothing to sort out. When you're not scoring, that's yeah. a pain. But now we're doing that. Now it's just organizing defense. And I do think hopefully we'll find someone who isn't a Marte. Who, like I said, I, I feel bad because I do quite like him as a personality. He just isn't someone who should be starting for us. He really, you know, I've I find yeah. he also just as good under pressure. He's and that's not just here, but he wasn't in the derby. He made really erratic decisions when he played for Ghana. He was really slated by a lot of Ghanaians about kind of making irrational decisions or, or seemingly erratic decisions uh, on the pitch. And you can mm. still see that when he gets under pressure, he will just flail. You know, it's all it's all good intentions. I just he just doesn't have the skills, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, not to be mean. But if he is listening, I do apologise. It's nothing personal, <laughs> mate. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think in the end, to sum the match up, I think a draw would probably have been a fair result. I think we played well. Chelsea played well. Even a man down, they played 
really well around that. I think it's the well, the like one... I said with Leeds, they were very good a man yeah. down. I mean, people have people look at the result like, oh yeah, they got defeated three nil, but like actually they had, you know, had they taken their chances in that match, there could have easily been a goal fest. But yeah, sorry, you were saying? Yeah, I say the one difference in this match between them: Sterling took his chances, but he didn't, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was that's the best sum up of it. Yeah, and uh, on that note, well, we will leave this section and we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the news and off-pitch stuff. So uh, come back tomorrow and see you for now. under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Find this license at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by spelled by forward slash 4.0. Today's creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0. It also uses Riptide by Kevin McLeod. You can find that at incompetech.com. It's licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. I heard that URL earlier. It also uses Elf Meditation, also by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. That music is licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.